Hey, Vetfolio Voice listeners, I'm excited you're here. This episode is sponsored by First Financial Bank, and I was thrilled to be once again joined by one of my favorite people to have on the podcast, Dr. Swanda Flowers. I bear my soul a little bit in this episode as far as my understanding or really rather lack thereof when it comes to the financials of my practice. I'm fortunate to have a great bookkeeper and a great accountant to help me figure these things out, but sometimes I wish I had a little better hold over them myself so I didn't have to rely on them so much to understand the financial health of my practice. Hopefully, I'm not the only one in that boat. I always say I have a medical degree, not a business degree, so I'm really kind of learning as I go. And if any of you out there are like me, hopefully you get a lot out of this episode as well. We recorded this episode live at VMX, and it was so much fun to be able to sit down with Swanda in the same room face-to-face instead of talking over Zoom, so I really hope you guys have as much fun as we did. Dr. Swanda Flowers graduated from the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences College of Pharmacy in 1999. In 2002, Dr. Flowers opened Flowers Family Pharmacy in Little Rock, Arkansas. Her expertise in pharmacology and business then led her to academia, where she led the way in pharmacy education, focusing on enhanced community practice services, entrepreneurship, ownership, business planning, and leadership and professional development. Swanda, along with her husband, developed the Pharmacy Ownership and Leadership Academy to prepare student pharmacists for ownership. Dr. Flower's work can be seen in multiple publications, including the American Journal of Pharmaceutical Education and the Journal of Pharmacy Practice, among others. She's a prominent face within organizations such as the National Community Pharmacists Association, the American Pharmacists Association, the Arkansas Pharmacists Association, and the American Association of Colleges of Pharmacy, or AACP. Within the AACP, she served in several leadership roles and committees. She's currently a loan officer for First Financial Bank in their professional services division. Swanda focuses her efforts on small businesses in both community pharmacy and independent veterinary practice ownership. Recognizing that passion for ownership and personal relationships are key to small business success, Swanda uses her vast experience to support veterinarians in accomplishing their goal of ownership or expansion of their business. And I am just always so happy to have her on the podcast. She is a wealth of knowledge to talk to about all of this. So welcome, Swanda. Thank you to First Financial Bank. Let's jump in. First Financial Bank is an equal housing lender and member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I am joined for this Facebook Live with the amazing Dr. Swanda Flowers, and we're going to talk about cash flow. And I will tell you guys, as we've been leading up to this episode, um, I've been kind of bearing my soul here about my complete lack of understanding of cash flow. I feel like I talk a big game about having my practice and stuff, but I don't know what I would do without my bookkeeper and my accountant. Um, I think they just mostly just shake their head at me and are like, don't touch those numbers anymore. Um, but I'd like to have a better understanding of it. And I would like to be able to um, to use that information to make practice decisions without, without having to ask them, what does that mean? So I'm really excited to have you here today. It's always awesome to talk to you. Thank so you. thrilled to have you um, to talk about cash flow and help us all learn a little bit more about this. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I don't think you're alone. I think that many practitioners, probably those of you watching today, feel exactly the same way. Um, I felt the same way as a new practitioner, a new business owner. Um, it's daunting, you know. I mean, we're not necessarily trained to be accountants, bookkeepers, um, and and so we want to practice, and that's what we want to do. Right. Um, and so there's a couple of reasons that people don't necessarily understand cash flow, and one is just haven't had the opportunity to dive into it. It's not complicated. Um, but the other one is we were also talking earlier about how busy veterinarians right. are right now, and there's not a lot of time for you to really focus on it. And so, um, you know, there are some really simple financial principles that um, if you understand, um, then you really can feel very confident turning things over to your trusted bookkeeper and accountant, which everybody should have. Um, so if we start with cash flow, um, in the most simple way, cash flow literally is how cash flows in and out of your business. And the best way to look at that, you mentioned earlier, your bank statements, right? So you can actually look at your bank statements. You can see your cash flow. Um, now, there are obviously accounts receivables um, and accounts payable that you have to account for coming in and out. But cash flow really does examine what's happening at that moment in the business. Now, when we talk about cash flow in a broader sense and we say, does your business have enough cash flow to grow? You know, really that means, is there net income in the business? So, you know, at the end of the quarter, at the end of the year, um, is there net income available there, basically cash, that you're able to either reinvest um, carry over, do other things with, take as dividends as the owner, um, you know, congratulate yourself for a job well done, <laughs> whatever that is you need to do, pay a bank loan. So when we look at cash flow, we really are looking at, you know, if you want to take on additional debt for your business, we need to see that there's adequate cash flow there so that you can service that debt. So just like if you were going to buy a new car, do you have enough money to pay the car note each month? So if you're going to expand and you need additional financial resources into the business, do you have enough cash flow to pay that debt back? Okay. Okay. So very simply, is there enough money at the end? What does that net income look like? How much is that? Um, and that's also very important um, when you're looking at purchasing or acquiring a practice. You want to know that there's cash flow there um, built in so that you can pay your bank note back. Sure. Okay. All right. So that I feel like breaks it down simply. This big scary term of like we're going to talk about <laughs> cash flow. What is cash flow? <laughs> um, also happy to hear I'm hopefully not alone. <laughs> no, <laughs> you are not. I promise. Uh, uh, so one of the things you talked about uh, was not looking at this like at the end of the year to give it to your accountant. Um, are there multiple times that we should? <laughs> I'm, I'm really laying it all out here. So. <laughs> So again, I don't think you're alone because I talk with a, a lot of practitioners and they're, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know if I have my tax returns. Oh, I don't think I have, you know, a P&L or a balance sheet. And, and we can talk about some of those other financial yeah. statements as well. Um, but you should be looking at them on a regular basis. So now there are some, you know, there are some really excited um, individuals who are going to want to look at all of their financial statements each month. And you should be able to report them each month. So okay. you should be looking at your P&Ls each month. You should be looking, you know, at your balance sheet on a regular basis. But probably if you're doing a great job of examining your financials quarterly, you're probably doing a great job. Um, okay. If at the end of the year you have no much, mo no, no idea how much money you've made, 
that's not good. <laughs> Fair. So, so if, you know, we need to be doing it on a more regular basis. And the reason for that is because this should be something that, you know, you're looking at in order to advise you on how to make decisions for your business. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about businesses you might need to grow. Well, sure. it's difficult to know if you can afford to grow if you really don't understand your financial position, if you don't understand the cash flow coming into the business, if you don't understand your revenues and your expenses, it's very difficult to know if you have the money in your business to be able to afford that new piece of equipment or to be able to hire a new employee. Um, and so that's why it's really important to be looking at those things on a regular basis. Absolutely. And some of the other documents you mentioned to help us understand this are a profit and loss or balance sheet and all those words I'm familiar with. <laughs> those I know what they are. Um, but can you expand on those a little bit and where they are utilized, why they're helpful, and, and are those also things we should be examining quarterly? Right, right. So when you look at a cash flow statement, okay, and you're looking at your cash flow, your bank accounts, and what's coming in and out each month, um, that really doesn't necessarily give you an idea of what's happening over time, okay? There may be thing, items on there that aren't accounted for necessarily. So one of the things that you're, you need to do is really understand your profit and loss statement. So your profit and loss statement is going to tell you what your net income is, okay? And so that's over a period of time. So you might want to look at that monthly, quarterly, and really importantly what you want to do is compare it to that same time period for the previous years. So, you know, how did you do this January compared to last January? How did you do in the first quarter compared to the first quarter of last year? And that's really important so that you can project growth. Um, and that will inform a lot of your business decisions. We look at the profit and loss sheet because it really does give us a good idea of, is this a well-run practice? The profit and loss sheet is one of the best ways to benchmark your practice against national standards. So I'm a big benchmarker. Of course, as a pharmacist, I guess I, I love numbers, and sure. and so maybe that that you know led me down this path. <laughs> but um, but it's really important to know. Okay, how do I compare against national standards? And you know some of those big key performance indicators would be staff. Okay, do I have too much? Do I have too little? Is this why I feel like I'm drowning? Do I need to hire somebody? So benchmarking, you know, what you're paying um, for your staff, your employees, your wages, compared to the national average of similar practices is very important. And that would be on like a percentage basis. That's right. Okay. Everything would be a percentage of your total revenues. Okay. So when we look at a profit and loss sheet, one of the first items on there will be your total revenues. Okay. okay. So we'll know exactly how much you've brought in. Okay, total income. We're going to take out cost of goods sold, which that can be accounted for in multiple ways, but then all the expenses are going to come out, and at the end, you're left with that net income. Okay. okay? And so that's really going to tell you, after you've paid everything, okay, you've probably paid yourself a veterinarian salary, you should, um, at the end of that then, what's left over, okay? Mm -hmm. And that we're going to see that on the profit and loss statement, okay? okay. It's also referred to as an income statement. Same thing. Is that going to be then a reflection of that cash flow? So, yes. Yeah, so they do flow into one another, um, but there are things that are on the profit and loss that may not be on the cash flow statement gotcha. and vice versa. You're not going to see it. It's, it's a different time period of accounting. Okay. okay. So one is actually flowing in and out, mm -hmm. um, and one is going to be over a period of time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yep. What about balance sheet? Okay. Balance sheet. So balance sheet is probably the one that I think everybody looks at and they're like, 
how does the balance sheet balance? Like this is, you know, some mysterious accounting thing. <laughs> um, and it's probably the least favorite, but it is really important. And it does give us some insight into the business because the balance sheet is a very, it's very simple. I mean, it's almost like a personal financial statement for your business. And if you think about it that way, it simplifies it a lot. So okay. as a person, as you know, individuals, we have assets and we have liabilities, right? We own things. We have things that we own that we would consider an asset. And then we have bills, right? We have debt. Um, and so those are our liabilities, okay? Um, and the difference between those is our net worth. Okay. It can be positive or negative. It's the same thing with a business. So a business is going to have liabilities and assets and then the difference between those is the owner's equity. Okay. okay, okay. You can have positive equity in your business or you can have negative equity in your business. Um, and so what you, you, what you wanna look at on a balance sheet is what is that equity position, okay, of the business? Is it positive or negative? So there are lots of businesses that may look as though they're doing well right, on their P&L, they might look as though they're doing well, but maybe their cash flow and their P&L look good because they're flush with cash um, from debt. Sure. Okay. So you've got to look at then what is that debt service? You know, what okay. are we paying in the debt service? So those are things that don't show up on the P&L, mm -hmm. um, but then will flow into the cash flow statement. Okay. So they all sort of work together. Right. But the balance sheet is going to give you a picture of how much is this business actually worth? Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people don't have on their balance sheet um, is goodwill. So yeah. those, how do you put that on a balance sheet? So um, those intangible things. And right. it is difficult. It is difficult sometimes to assess the goodwill in your business. Um, and a lot of veterinarians, quite honestly, um, don't give themselves enough credit for the goodwill that they have in their business. Um, and that's why I encourage business valuations to be done regularly. Sure. So obviously not something you want to do, you know, every year probably, but probably every three to five years, depending on what phase you are in business ownership, it's a good idea to have a business valuation done. Um, and that goodwill is based on a formula of net income. Okay. And so, you know, there are lots of formulas out there, um, but basically they will look at your net income or your EBITDA and there will be a factor multiplied against that number and that will give you kind of the value. And most of that value will be in goodwill. Okay. And that can actually appear as an asset on your balance sheet. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a huge yeah. part of practice. And right. I know that it's, it's a huge factor when selling and, you know, and buying and selling practices. So That's correct. But, um, when you're talking about doing the, the valuations every three to five years, mm -hmm. that's including if you're not wanting to sell? So, yeah, I think if you're not wanting to sell, you could probably do it every five years. Um, however, my advice to any uh, business owner is you want to be ready for the right opportunity. So, you know, if you are approached... I mean, you never know. It doesn't you, hurt you, to, that to you know. might want to sell, yeah. and you need to be informed. Sure, um, you absolutely need to be informed. And so, um, there are things that come up in life. Things change. You know, plans change. Mm -hmm. um, and so, if you've never had a business valuation done, um, and you really have no idea what your business is worth, mm -hmm. I think it, it's definitely worth doing. It's okay. definitely worth doing. And there's lots of great companies out there that do those for veterinarians that have great reputations and have done it for a very long time. Um, and so, I. I think it's a good idea just so you're informed about what your business is worth. And it will also give you some tips on what can I do to improve that mm -hmm. so that it might be worth more when I am ready to sell. 
Absolutely. Just, you know, little changes that you can start to make early mm -hmm. as opposed to getting to the point where you are ready to sell and then finding out that you have to make a lot of big changes. The absolute worst thing that happens, um, and unfortunately it happens more often than I would like, is that, you know, really a business owner, a practitioner believes that their business is worth a certain number. It is their retirement nest egg. And then as they go to sell, they realize it's not. Um, and that, you know, that's, that's heartbreaking for everybody. Right. And so, you know, you spend so much time dedicated to your patients and to the community and to these families. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, you need to be rewarded at the end of the day for all of that time and effort. And so you want to put some time in, you know, that phrase, work on your business, not just in your business. Right. Um, and so be sure that you're working on your business so that you do get the most value for it when the time comes. That makes a lot of sense because, I mean, it, it, to find that out 5, 10, 15, 20 years beforehand mm -hmm. um, and be able to see that coming, um, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I yeah. think that's, that's yeah. really, I had never thought about it. <laughs> well, good. There yeah, you go. <laughs> I always learn something. I'm, now I'm, I'm learning a lot here, clearly. <laughs> uh, um, another term I heard you say is EBITDA. Yes. Um, can you explain that one a little bit more? Okay. So EBITDA is an acronym. So Earnings before interest taxes, EBITDA, <laughs> depreciation and amortization. Okay. Okay. So there are some accounting principles. So basically interest, um, depreciation, um, amortization, those things you'll find on a tax return, mm -hmm. okay, so that it decreases your tax burden. They're they're real. I mean, you know, those things are there. You really are depreciating equipment or real estate sure. or whatever that is. Um, but it doesn't necessarily come out of your bank account. Right. Okay. Um, and so even, you know, paying taxes, you know, those things come in and out. You might get tax credits and things back. So what we don't want to do is discount your net income too much. So if we left those negative entries mm -hmm. um, in the net income, then your net income would be very small. Okay. Which your accountant will do perfectly for you yeah, for tax say, reasons. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> for tax reasons, you let your accountant do all of that. Absolutely. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it didn't come out of your bank account. Sure. So we want to look at your earnings before those things. Okay. And the taxes are going to be different for a new owner. So what you might be paying or what your accountant is is using in your tax returns is not necessarily what the new owner would, would have, right? Sure. So we can take those numbers and we basically add those back. So they're called okay. addbacks. You're going to add Very those technical back. technical term there. Yeah. <laughs> add back. So simple. You add that back to the net income, and that gives us your EBITDA. Okay. And so what we know is that that's basically a corrected net income. So that's you know kind of a normalized corrected net income. Okay. Um, the other thing that we often do, you know, outside of EBITDA, it may be EBITDA um, compared to seller's discretionary earnings. So we would take EBITDA and we would add back what you paid yourself. Oh, okay. Because a new owner might also do that differently. Okay. They might not pay themselves as much. They might pay themselves more. Sure. So we add that back. And what we know then is that's kind of that adjusted net income. Okay. And that's really, at the end of the day, the the bucket that's left to reinvest, to buy a new building, to buy new equipment, to pay debt. Um, okay. And so that's your true bucket that's left. 
gosh, I like I've heard that word before, mm-hmm. and I somewhere in the back of my mind had a vague idea of, of you know what we were talking about here, and. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really appreciate when you lay out these principles because I feel like you do it in a really simple way that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Nope, makes yeah. sense, makes sense. Look at your tax return, and when you look at that page and it says gross revenues, mm-hmm. and then down there it's going to say net income. In between there, um, all Is of those items, add back those taxes, add back your um, interest, add back depreciation, mm-hmm. you add back those things, and then you have a true picture of what your net income really is. And that's the number that will often be used, most often will be used to value your business. Okay. And is that the number that would also be used if you are wanting to buy new equipment and do all that? Did, did I hear you right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think we've talked about this briefly, I know on a couple of times maybe, but sure. um, when, um, especially when practices want to expand, mm-hmm. that's the number that we look at to be sure that they can service the debt that okay. would be associated with an expansion. So if you come to me for your business and you say, I need $500,000 to do whatever, right? buy a new mobile unit or, you know, equipment or, you know, whatever, renovations. I'm going to add another exam room, whatever that might be for your practice. I need to look at your net income mm-hmm. and be sure that you can pay that loan back. Sure. And that's what number I'm going to look at. And that's, that's how the you're going to get to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so I'm very lucky that I have a great accountant and a great bookkeeper yes. and they take good care of me <laughs> and, and help me with all of this stuff. But you know, it would be nice to have to not have to say, "Hey, can we talk about this and and get those numbers from them and and have you know just that independence." Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about understanding this as as a veterinarian, as a you know, yeah. of course, business owners, but like you said, we're we're we practice medicine. That's what we were trained to do, and so learning this on the back end is difficult. It's challenging uh, and it's intimidating. And, but why is it so important that we kind of stick with it and keep trying to understand these principles and have our own understanding? Absolutely. It's a great question. Um, and I will say, if you got through vet school, I promise you can understand <laughs> how to look at financial documents. Um, but, but it's, you know, one, one, it's, you know, how interested are you in it? And there are some business owners that are very interested and, and they really, they want to know all the details. They want to know it better than their accountant. Sure. And you should always have a trusted, you know, tax attorney, accountant, bookkeeper, mm-hmm. whatever system you decide to use, you should definitely be using those. Um, but what they don't understand is, you know, how a good veterinary hospital should run or what it needs or how you might need to grow. And so you need to understand those financial, you know, documents so that you can make the decisions about how the business grows, you know, as a clinically how Mm -hmm. it grows. So, you know, they really can't inform that. They can tell you you have money, but they don't know that you need another technician. They can't really tell you when you might need a new piece of equipment or, you know, do you really need two more exam rooms or uh, what is it that you need to do? You know, should you, you know, buy a bunch of dental equipment because nobody around you is doing that? Your accountant doesn't know that. Sure. And so, you know, they'll be able to tell you you have you have funds, you know, you're doing well. Um, but if you understand that yourself, then that helps you inform the next move for your business. That makes a lot of sense of yeah. why it would be good to have that information yeah. as a veterinarian. Like yeah. it's it's kind of this this happy union with all of all mm-hmm. parties to say this is how the money is working, this is how much money there is, and this is what the best use of that money right. would be. Right. You don't want to work sort of and I hate to say miserably, but, you know, like with piece, a piece of old equipment or, you know, short staffed or and then find out at the end of the year, like 
you had plenty of money. You should have hired somebody just, and yeah. you should have, you know, I mean, so, I mean, that's why along the way, looking at those is very important so that you can continue to, you know, it, we also talk about business plans and I know a lot of people are like, oh my goodness, I do not want to write a business plan. I hate no. business plans. Um, so important But though. it is important, yeah. especially abbreviated business plans so that you know where you're going and what you want to do. Right. Um, and the financials feed right into that so that you know, I need, I want to reach this goal. Mm -hmm. And so financially, how do I get there? How close am I? What do I need to do? Um, you know, you can increase efficiencies. Um, if you're looking at your P&L and you realize, whoa, you know, this, you know, this item, this expense, whatever it might be is way outside of, you know, what's normally seen in a practice my, si my mm -hmm. size. You know, this is, this is, I'm spending way too much for some reason. What's going on? Um, and so you need to be looking for those clues. It really does tell a story about your business. And it's not just numbers. Um, and, you know, once you figure out how to look at it and, and really sort of read the story of what mm -hmm. it's telling you, it becomes much more interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like now, um, yeah, it, I feel like you've given me a lot of insight into, into a lot of this stuff and understanding and making good informed decisions. And that goal setting that you're talking about with, with business plans mm -hmm. and stuff like that, it's hard. It's, it's hard to set those goals. It's it, hard, it really, really takes a lot of self-reflection. Um, but if you're going to put all that time and self-reflection in, you're going to set those goals, you're going to make that plan, you're going to know where you want to go, then you should really have the financial roadmap of how to get there. Mm -hmm. It really is about time. It, and, you know, I think that it we've, we're so busy. I mean, yeah. life is busy. You know, thing it's, it's busy. Um, we were talking about phones earlier. You know, phones are beeping and ringing. And, like, I mean, everybody is sort of overwhelmed, right. you know, with the things right. that we need to do. Um, but just to take a minute, you know, for yourself and for your business and to really think about, you know, okay, you know, where do I want to be in the next year, in the next two years? And what would mm -hmm. my goals be? And how would I get there? And how much money do I need to get there? Or what other resources do I need? Um, you would be surprised then how quickly you can reach those goals if you take the time to think through those steps, right. which is much like writing a business plan. It really, And then yeah. at the end, you have. And then you have it. <laughs> you have your business plan. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> um, um, let's talk exit strategy for a minute, because I would imagine doing, you know, we talked a little bit about these regular valuations uh, and doing and being informed ahead of time so you can make changes before you're trying to sell and then get this devastating news that all of your plans are not going to work out. Um, can you can you expand on that a little bit of how this would work in the long term for practice owners? Yeah, yeah. So you know, one of the things that you know, a lot of practice owners that I talk to, um, you know, they buy a practice knowing that they want to grow it and eventually sell it. Other practice owners either start a practice or buy a practice and they just want to practice for, you know, 40 years and they'll eventually sell it you right. know, at the end, but <laughs> that's not their goal, right? right. So either, either way, you do need to be thinking about how do I get the most for my practice at the end, mm -hmm. okay? And, and so really when you look at that, there are a lot of owners who would say, I have no idea what my tax returns look like. I would have to call my, my accountant to get my tax returns. Like, mm -hmm. I don't even know where they are. I don't know what's happening. And there are a lot of um, accounting principles that business owners can use on their taxes that are completely fine, but you might not want to use some of those the three years before you sell. Okay. So as a lender, what I'm going to ask that business for, I'm going to look at the last three years of tax returns. 
And that's really going to determine my decision as far as can I lend money for this business. Sure. Okay. And so you want to be thinking almost in that three-year time period. So you need to clean up your tax returns. You need to be sure you're not, you know, (laughs) um, you're not, you know, still paying all of your relatives or whatever it might be. Um, But, you know, you need to think about that, you know, and you need to think about some of those things that you're going to say, oh, that's a personal expense. But, and I run it through the business, which is personal perfectly fine, Mm -hmm. but we can't just say, oh, because you said that, we'll go ahead and add that back and your business will be worth more. I can't yeah. do that. And so you're so, talking about taking that personal expense that you run through the business is then going to show you show you having a greater bottom line. That's right. And so, okay. Because if you're taking those out of the business, mm-hmm. you have a very small net income. Sure. And that's how we're going to determine the worth, you know, gotcha. the value of the practice. Some of it we know we can add back and we can find those things. But if it's things that aren't easily seen and easily yeah. added back... We cannot give, you know, an owner credit for those all the time. And so sometimes that ends up hurting the owner, especially when you think about, you're thinking, oh, that may just be, you know, $20,000, let's say. But if we're going to take that number and multiply it by four and a half. Sure. Well, all of a sudden, that's a big difference. a lot of money, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if there are a few of those things going on, it's it's really important that you sort of clean up all those things. Talk with your accountant. Um, about the fact, and your tax attorney about the fact that you know what I'd really I'm thinking about selling in the next few years. So mm-hmm. what do I need to do to be sure you know that this is all this looks great for you know a buyer and a lender and you know let's be sure we have it all in order. Um, and you know the worst thing that you can do is not do your taxes. Um, yes. And surprisingly enough, we have some that are way behind and right. you get busy. And, and I know that that does happen, but you really need to to be sure that you're focusing on getting all of those things done every year so that if somebody says, can you produce your last three years of tax returns and can you produce a current, mm-hmm. somewhat current profit and loss and balance sheet that within a day or so you should be able to to provide that. Sure. That's that. If you can do that, you know you're in a really good place with your business. I think those are reasonable goals. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, that sounds attainable to yeah. me. <laughs> I, can, I can do that. <laughs> and I'm like you. I do like the numbers um, as well, and I and I like to see how it all goes together and play around with it. But it does so much of the time come down to time. Mm-hmm. But I think you've done such a good job here of illustrating why it's worth taking the time to understand those financials to to know what these words mean and what they mean for the financial health of your current business and for your long term plans. So. Swanda, amazing talking oh, to you, you as always. Yeah, I always thank learn it. You. Like I feel like I just get my own personal like financial, <laughs> um, you know, consult session here, and it's great. And I love that we get to share yeah, with everybody. That's right, that's so right. thank you again. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I want to say a huge thank you to Dr. Swanda Flowers for joining me. It's always so much fun, and I always learn so much from you. Also, a big thank you to First Financial Bank for sponsoring this episode. For more episodes like this, click on the Education tab on the Vetfolio website. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this talk, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day. This podcast includes examples and does not guarantee identical outcomes. First Financial Bank does not guarantee loan approval, rates, or terms. Each situation must be evaluated separately. Member FDIC.